0: Welcome to this week's edition of Good Books Radio. Audiobooks.com is the cheap underwriter for Good Books Radio, which is produced by UTRGV Media Services for Rio Grande Valley Public Radio. And now
1: here's your host, David Inojosa. Welcome to another edition of Good Books Radio. I'm your host this week, David Inojosa, and today I'm speaking with Chloe Benjamin on her latest novel, The Immortalists. Chloe Benjamin is the author of the novel The Anatomy of Dreams, which received the Edna Ferber Fiction Book Award and was longlisted for the 2014 Center for Fiction First Novel Prize. A San Francisco native, Chloe Benjamin is a graduate of, of Vassar College and of the University of Wisconsin, where she received her MFA in fiction. She lives with her husband in Madison, Wisconsin. Chloe, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: I found your um, your novel very very interesting. Um, you write you write about a group of uh, brothers and sisters who go to a psychic and they they want to find out when they're going to die. <laughs> essentially, uh, what inspired you to write about this?
0: Well, I have always struggled myself with uncertainty, and uncertainty is so core to human life, and I think the biggest uncertainty in some ways is that we just don't know how long we have in the world. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be an interesting question to explore in the context of a family, looking at how these four children who go to see a fortune teller live with that knowledge and process it differently over their lives.
1: Now you titled the book "The Mortalists." Uh, what what does that mean?
0: Well, I, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek uh, nod to the fact that you know when you're young, we all we all think that we'll live forever, and some of these characters refuse to accept their own mortality in ways that are uh, you know not not realistic. But it's really hard to cope with the idea that we're mortal and that we we all have date so to speak so um, the title also though, refers to the the name of the magic act performed by one of the siblings Clara who Mm -hmm. grows up to become a magician Uh, so there's a little play on that too
1: okay Um, the now the psychic tells them when they're going to die Uh, how much do you think that influenced their lives what what, what do you think was was the depth of of them knowing this date
0: well, I think that's what, the, that's what the book explores. For some mm-hmm. of them, um, you know, it's something that they try to run away from. Others claim, oh, it doesn't really affect me, but but in many ways it does. So I think, uh, you know, each, each sibling is impacted in a different way, but it certainly has an effect on all of them. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Now, um, do you think if they wouldn't have known the dates or they wouldn't have gone do you think their lives would have ended up just as the same, or do you think they would have changed? I mean, getting to the character's uh, head.
0: Well, I I think that's another thing that's up for debate within the book, but Uh I do think that uh, that they... they, I don't think their lives would be the same if they hadn't gone to the fortune teller. I just think that it's, it's too impactful of an event, and think our lives are changed by all kinds of little things that that happen every day that we might not even think about uh, I'm one of those people who is interested in tracking how something that seems innocuous can kind of uh, influence in a domino effect a lot of other things
1: yeah how little things right can have a, a ripple effect on, on the outcome of things
0: mm-hmm. right exactly okay.
1: mm-hmm. now um, I'd like to talk a little bit uh, about the dates that you include here. You include January 21st, 2044. You include November 24th, 2006. Uh, Is there any reason why you included these uh, dates in particular or these dates just came out at random for the book?
0: Oh, I think, uh, I think, more random. I mean, one of them is very far in the future. That one was certainly random. Mm -hmm. The other one, you know, it takes place over Thanksgiving, which also situates it within this particular family reunion of sorts. So that was was the reason for that one.
1: Okay. Now, going back to that, uh, the Thanksgiving one is when Daniel uh, hosts uh, his niece and uh, and her, you know, the father of his niece and um, his brother-in-law and um uh daniel didn't quite believe in the psychic do you think uh his life would have turned out differently if he actually did believe her because from the from the very start he doesn't really believe it's true but it ends up being true so do you think his life would have right. been differently
0: uh i do yeah <laughs> i mean i think he his his section is really maddening for a lot of readers, and I understand why, because it uh, it takes you through the the day in the life of this person who did not have to do what he did, but he's compelled because of a few different factors. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't think that there's any, I don't think there's any way that it would have happened that way if he uh, hadn't gone to the fortune teller, but maybe he would have died of a different cause. I mean, who knows?
1: Why do you think Daniel became so obsessed towards the end? Because it seemed like for the longest time he put it off, he didn't really, it was probably in the back of his head, but he kind of put it off a lot, and it was towards the end where uh, the, the FBI investigator starts kind of delving into the, to the case that he gets a little bit more into it. Uh, why do you think that dynamic happened, or why did you include that dynamic, that conflict of him letting it go for a long time and then really, really getting into it towards the end?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, uh, you know, each of the siblings cover a certain amount of time in mm-hmm. uh, in their sections, and his happens once he's an adult. Mm-hmm. So I knew that at that would be the time when this recurred for him, like for the simple sort of practical fact that this is when his section was taking place. Um, But also I think it was interesting to me to look at somebody who had their lives figured out in a lot of ways and what can happen when a, an event from long ago comes back to haunt you. And you know, that that happens for so many of us, something that we've repressed or something that we haven't given much credence to recurs. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Those things tend to happen more often than not. Um, Now, why do you think they went to see the psychic? Because, uh, you know, in the novel, uh, they find out about the psychic from a neighbor. And the neighbor, I believe when I read it, I said, well, I get it. I, I get how the neighbor uh, or their uh, their family went to see the psychic because they had a, an ill grandmother, who had like a terminal illness or something. And they uh, wanted to know and they wanted to, properly say goodbye and they got that chance but for example these were all adolescent kids and uh, why do you think they did that to themselves what was do you think it was just curiosity or do you think there was something deeper uh, for, for their action um, well,
0: hmm. Hmm. could you could you tell me a bit more about what you mean by that question
1: Yes. Uh, well, I, I just wanna. I'm trying to get into the character's head. For example, they really. Did, I mean, their father hadn't uh, passed away yet, and they wanted. They just wanted to know when they were gonna die. I wanted, I'm asking you, what's what's the reason? What's the motive behind what's the their? That they yeah. Might,
0: yeah. Well, I think in part. So they go before their father dies. Um, I think it has to do with this cultural moment of 1969, mm-hmm. New York. You know, that's such a fraught. Um, explosive time in American history, and they're feeling kind of left out by it, but they're also feeling freaked out by it. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, they hear about this woman. I think there's certainly this kind of morbid fascination, which Uh I think a lot of kids have and a lot of people have, Um, but also they're, you know, the eldest daughter in particular, Varya, is really craving something that she can know for sure, something that she uh, can hold on to in the midst of this really chaotic time.
1: I see, and and correct me if I'm wrong. She's the one that actually kind of pushes them to to go. Daniel, I think, finds out where the psychic is, but Varya is the one that kind of pushes the notion of going. Is, is that right?
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think it's Daniel and and Varya together. Although Clara, being somebody who even as a child is interested in magic, kind of jumps on board more easily. Um, so so there's a little bit of there's a little bit of everything.
1: Now, um, you, you mentioned uh, um, Judaism, Hinduism, and even you talk about the Romani family. How important is culture in, in the book?
0: I think it's really important. I, I wanted to write a book that was reflective of the diversity of our country uh-huh. and of our world. Um, and so in order to do that, though, I, I knew it was really important to write with integrity these people of different backgrounds, some of which I share and some of which I don't. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of research and, and I really wanted to give each character the time and space to kind of express their own perspective, uh, which is influenced by where they come from. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, uh, which character do you think really took to heart what the psychic said, the one that you think this is the one that, you know, the they most? hit them the most?
0: Hmm... <laughs> I think they all do in different ways i okay. mean what
1: do you think i think simon really took it to heart being the youngest yeah one. I, I i mean i was i was fascinated by the book like I, that's why i'm asking all these questions these are all like things that i thought about when i was reading it and i wrote down my notes i'm like, I'm gonna ask her about this what how How did you come up with this so i was um uh, I, I really enjoyed the book um now What do you think was the lesson that everybody learned or all the characters learned from this experience or from, you know, throughout the book? What is one thing that you think they shared uh, in the learning process?
0: Hmm. Well, I think one thing that they shared is that they realized how important family is. Mm -hmm. You know, for better or worse, all of these characters are shaped by their experience of family and their experience of Uh, of each other and there are estrangements and arguments and there's a lot of love just like there is in most families so uh, I think you know as much as they try to some of them try to run away from their familial history Mm -hmm. they they all come back to realizing the importance of that bond
1: yes and I, I I remember how Gertie the mother you know she's there and she's you know always trying to look out for them in her own way She's and and I feel like uh, you know she she really was there for them and, and again in her way so I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. About the oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I think she's kind of an unsung hero in yes, certain ways. You exactly. know, she, she's <laughs> she's a matriarch. She's she's a tough old broad and she's been through a lot and. Uh, yeah I, I love Gertie she's actually my husband's favorite character <laughs>
1: yes absolutely she's one of my favorite characters I mean she's tough as snails and then she's just there and uh, yeah uh, and always supportive again and you know in her own way maybe not the way they want her to support them but right. she's always right. there like uh, standing
0: yeah that's uh, so true. <laughs>
1: um, I uh, also want to talk about uh, what character do you identify with the most? I'd like to get into your head a little bit more. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, you know, I think there are pieces of me in each of them. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, I have more similarities than you might think with Simon Section, even though I'm not a gay man. I grew yeah. up in San Francisco. I was a ballet dancer. I have family members uh, so I, I feel really strongly about a lot of the issues in his section uh, I'm a big dreamer like Clara I'm ambitious uh, mm-hmm. but I'm also a big worrier so I have a lot of DNA shared with Varya as much as I wish I didn't I think the one that's most different for me is Daniel um, mm-hmm. but I'm sure there, there are parts of me in him too and
1: Why do you think you're, you're more different uh, well Daniel is well, the one that you don't I really associate with
0: most conservative, mm-hmm. and uh, he's the most. Uh, you know, his job is uh, being in the military, being a military doctor. Those are two things that I could, you know, never see myself doing. Not <laughs> because of any judgment, just because I, you know, I I would not be. You don't want me in the military. I'm gonna like run away at the first sign of like any problem. <laughs> I'll be like, no. <laughs> uh, I would definitely be like the first one to die anywhere. Um. So, so I think that I think his his path and his orientation toward the world is a little different.
1: I see. Um, now, uh, what is one thing that readers can take from your book? Because again, I, I found it fascinating. I had so many questions, and I, I just thought I just couldn't stop reading it. And uh, uh, what is one thing that you that, that they can take from your from your writing?
0: Oh well, thank you so much. By the way, I, I really appreciate just how much you've engaged with the book. Mm-hmm. I hope that that people take away a sense of solace and companionship about these issues of loss and anxiety and uncertainty. I I think we all struggle with these questions to some degree or another, and some of us are better than others at not thinking about them and at living fully despite them. Uh, But but I hope that it, it gives people an opportunity to explore their own feelings and Maybe a prompt to talk about them with other people. Maybe your siblings. I hope it makes people call, your, call their siblings.
1: Yeah, uh, um, uh, I actually talked to um, my family about it. I was reading this book and I told them about it, and we had you know a family discussion <laughs> about oh, the themes about that. it. And uh, that's why I, I, I also came up with other questions as they were asking me questions about the book and uh, things of that nature. So I, uh, it, it turned out to be you Know uh, a nice family discussion, and with uh, was, it got a little deep, you know, with uh, the whole notion of well, what would you do if you knew you know when you were going to pass away, and so uh, yeah. and that leads me to my to my uh, next questions. It, what would you change? One thing that you would change about your life if you actually knew the date that you were. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a good question. You know, I I think that there's probably a difference between the one thing that I would want to change and the one thing I would change. The thing I'd want to change is to live with less fear. Okay. But I know that there's a difference between, you know, that's easier said than done. So I don't know if it would affect me that way. Mm -hmm. I guess I think that, you know, looking at the siblings, like they didn't all choose to be affected by the prophecy in the way that they were some some things just come down to your your psychology things that you can't always uh can't always control so that would be my goal though what about you
1: i would one thing i would do is i would travel more i mean i've traveled but Uh, i would really make it a point to travel a little bit more and see more of the world and and uh hmm. especially if I knew uh, hopefully it would be a, a date way into the future, not a very uh, not a close one, but uh nevertheless I would absolutely travel more and take that all hmm. in because I believe that's the only thing you take. Uh so that's <laughs> I guess that's that's what's a the good one. I would do. Yeah, I would travel a little bit more, see the yeah. world. <laughs> that's
0: a good one too.
1: Yeah. Uh is is there anything you would like to add, Chloe, to this interview before we sign off?
0: I don't think so. I, I think that you probably have a lot of, a lot of material, and um, I really appreciate the conversation. There's, there's really no greater satisfaction for me as a writer than to know that people are engaging with the book, and I can tell how, how much you've thought about it. So I, I really am thankful for that.
1: Okay. Well, thank you. I want to thank you for being with us today, and I wish you all the best with the book. It's a great, great read.
0: Thank you so much. Have a great
1: day. Likewise. I've been talking with Chloe Benjamin on her new novel, The Immortalist, a fascinating read that probes the line between destiny and choice, reality and illusion, this world and the next. I highly recommend it. I'm your host, David Inohosa, and I want to remind our listeners that if you d- didn't hear our regularly scheduled broadcast on our NPR affiliate, you can listen to this interview on our YouTube page, Good Books Radio, Strong and Cook.